Awesome. You know, when you're, uh, when you're used to running church and, you know, doing live services, it's hard to not, like, do all the automatic stuff, like tell people to take a seat and, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Uh, we're so glad that you're here. Uh, my name is Jake. My wife, Bethany, and I are the lead pastors at Joy Church. If you're just joining us, welcome to the live stream. If you're watching this on replay, hey, you got to be with us live. Come on. Maybe next week we won't even have a replay. Hmm, we'll see what happens. But we will this week. Don't worry. Uh, we're so glad that you're here. Listen, I, I know God is already at work moving in the atmosphere. Um, I know I've heard from so many people last week through this week that they're very encouraged by all the churches, wonderful churches around the world that are live streaming. And I think a lot of us have just been dipping into other places, listening to different speakers and just being encouraged, just encouraged to gather with fellow believers and uh, encouraged to hear God's word and encouraged to be in the, in the presence of God through a midst of, of circumstances that we're all going through. So I am so glad you're here today. I know you're going to be encouraged, you're going to be inspired, and uh, we're having a wonderful time already. Before we jump into the message today, I want to give a couple of quick announcements about some of the exciting things that are going on. Yes, even now, even as we're all kind of hanging out by ourselves at home uh, through this time, there's a lot of exciting things going on online with Joy Church. So the first one is this, that we've got kids content available for all the different age groups. And I know a lot of families, including mine, have been taking advantage of this uh, inside the, the comments and posted here on the page, wherever you're watching this. And if you go to joyeugene.com, you can find this. We've got kids classes or content for kids of all ages. So don't miss that. Uh, a couple of things that are going on this week that I want to let you know about. Tomorrow, we're going to have the Monday moment. So we brought that back for a, at least a short period of time, unless popular demand makes us do it forever. But we're doing the Monday moment where we kind of go uh, recap some of the things from this sermon do some application points and uh, shoot the breeze and have a good time. People can send their best memes and gifts. And where we do that is that's with me. That'll be from home. Uh, that's tomorrow. And I'm going to go live on the Joy Church Eugene public Facebook group. So if you're looking for that and you're here on the page or you're watching on the website, but you want to be part of the Monday moment, you got to jump into the Joy Fam on the Joy Church Eugene public Facebook group. Anybody can join. You say, please let me join. And one of our admins will, will let you in. And as long as you're nice, you can stay, right? As long as you compliment my, my outfits and my messages, then you're totally welcome to stay. No, I'm just kidding. Well, actually, no, you do have to do those things. But uh, Monday moment, and then on Wednesday at 8 p.m., we're doing a midweek Bible study. So we're rocking it old school. We're doing the Wednesday night service, and that'll be uh, myself, uh, and we might have some guests that come on at some point. We haven't mapped any of that out yet, but we're hoping to bring some guests on for the midweek service, but I'm, we had a great time this last week. I think there was about 80 or 90 people on the live stream, and I'm sure a lot more watching replay, and it was a wonderful time to be encouraged and, again, just gather through the midst of this time, and that's going to be happening uh, on the Joy Church Eugene Facebook page uh, at 8 p.m. this Wednesday, and then Friday night, we have kids' story time. So our kids did this with Pastor Becca and Nate. They uh, did a story time, really exciting, really fun. So parents, I know some of you are pulling your hair out with kids in the house all the time. What a great opportunity to have something to look forward to. And you can hold it over their heads and say, if you don't obey, if you don't clean your room, if you don't listen to mom and dad, no story time. So it works really as carrot and stick thing too. And if you're new here and you don't know that I just tell jokes all the time, you know, I didn't plan them. They just come and they're bad jokes, but every once in a while they're, they're good and people laugh. So I tell about 10 to 50 jokes per day to my wife and I get three or four chuckles and I feel like I'm winning, right? It's kind of like baseball. You don't hit a home run every time. So Anyways, exciting things going on at Joy Church. Well, hey, if you're part of the family uh, at Joy Church, or even if you're somebody that God puts this in your heart, we, we practice 
biblical generosity and giving, and we do it unashamedly. We just believe that God has blessed us so richly. God has blessed us that everything belongs to God, and it's our privilege and our honor to worship God through our giving. And so even though we're not gathering together, we still have this opportunity to give, and there's a few different ways you can do that, and you can find all of them in one easy place. Go to joyeugene.com give. That's joyeugene.com give. And you can find out all the awesome ways to give online. You can do that through the website. You can do text to give. You can go through all of that. So I want to invite you to participate in biblical generosity today, wherever you are. Uh, We're going to pray for that and pray for God's blessing. And then we're going to move forward in the message. Lord, we thank you that you have given us all of our blessings. You've given us everything, Lord, even the breath that we breathe in this life that we live. And Lord, it's our honor to worship you through generosity, to worship you in our giving. Lord, whether that's giving into the church and when that's giving into the church, when that's giving into your kingdom and also the giving that we do um, outside of that, Lord, we just are grateful that you've blessed us. And we thank you, Lord, that you have given us uh, all of these blessings and we can return them to you. And Lord, you can multiply and use them for your kingdom purposes. So we thank you for the gift. We thank you for the givers. And we give you that time, give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. So we're going to jump into the message now, and I'm excited to share this message with you. If you remember last week, we started talking about this idea of facing fear and facing trouble. Now, all of us are going through a fearful time, whether you feel afraid right now, whether you're maybe more afraid of how other people are feeling fear, whatever that looks like. We're talking about facing fear and how we can face fear with faith and not be shaken, not be thrown off course. And you know, I have a message I'm going to go into the notes, but I just felt to share with you just kind of a specific word from the Holy Spirit before I jump into the message. I believe right now that as I'm I'm speaking, that there are some of you that have really been gripped um, at almost a a paralyzing or kind of a panic level of fear. I I was back in the back while the team was worshiping and I was worshiping God. And I just felt him speak to me that there were some people that maybe you're part of Joy Church, maybe not, but what you're listening right now or you're hearing this on a replay and you know, hey, that's me. Uh, I've just really paralyzed with fear. Like it's at a level where it's causing you to to not be who you are. It's kind of like throwing you off. Uh, And I just want to tell you that is not from God. Uh, He does not give us a spirit of fear. He gives us uh, power, love, and of a sound mind, as the scripture says in Timothy. And I want to pray for you right now and pray for all of us that this this kind of gripping, paralyzing fear is going to lift off of your life as you make a decision to put your faith in Christ, you know. The thing is, when, where faith is, fear can't live, okay? Uh, we talked about this at the midweek Bible study, that where praise is, there can't be panic. You can't have panic and praise at the same time. I don't believe you can have faith and fear at the same time. And I believe God wants to deliver you, wants to set you free from that kind of paralyzing fear. So Lord, in Jesus' name, I just pray right now for any person, whether they're a part of Joy Church or just watching on the live stream, Lord, that if they are experiencing this kind of paralyzing panic Uh, inducing kind of gripping fear that's really knocking them off course outside of normal. There's a normal level of going, okay, things are different right now. We're responding to that. But I'm talking about, Lord, this kind of gripping, paralyzing fear. We just pray right now for your peace that passes all understanding. I pray a release of your peace in people's minds and their hearts that, Lord, even right now, as they hear the sound of my voice and and hear this prayer and, and pray with me, that, Lord, you are touching them right now. We pray for peace Pray for a release right now in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're gonna jump into the message today. I'm so excited to share with you. And I wanna ask you a question. Have you ever had someone in your life, or maybe this was you, 
that it was like inevitable that they were going to do something clumsy or awkward, right? Now, typically this is for kids as they're kind of growing into their bodies. Like I remember there was a point in my life where I was getting really tall. I was kind of growing out of my husky stage, you know. I just had that awkward stage between eight and 30 years old, you know, that, that stage that we all go through. Uh, and uh, I got some laughs in the room here. You can't hear it on here, but they were here, okay? So maybe you were laughing where you were. But when I was young, you know, I started getting tall and, and my feet were too long and my legs didn't work and like growing pains every day. And so it was inevitable that I would fall. It was inevitable that I would stumble. And some people are still like this. I hang out with certain people and like, no matter where you are, you could be walking on perfectly flat ground. They're going to like trip and fall. Just this inevitable awkwardness. But there's people that they go through this stage in life, and maybe you know someone like this, or it was you, who inevitably are going to spill something at the dinner table. Now, in my life, this was my younger brother, Johnny. And as an older brother, and as the firstborn child, I have the right to tell embarrassing stories about my siblings. It's actually in the Constitution. It's in the fine print, but it's in there. And my younger brother, Johnny, he's 10 years younger than me. And so when he was like, I think about eight, maybe it was like eight or nine, up to maybe 10 or 11 years old, inevitably at every single meal, he would spill some kind of drink or some kind of food item. And it was, it was like clockwork. Like honestly, for, for a period of, of time, we'd sit down at the table and everybody would sort of just kind of flinch, like kind of, you know, be, be a little bit nervous because we knew it was coming and it was so predictable that you could set your clock by it. It was inevitable. And what ended up happening is we had a kind of Pavlov's dogs type of conditioning thing going on where nobody could eat until he spilled something. It was like waiting, you know, for the bell to ring. And so then he'd spill the milk or spill the drink or spill the soup or whatever it was. And then we could go ahead and eat. And wherever you are, Johnny, I love you. And he's grown out of it. Now he's more handsome in all of this than me. And so I have to tell embarrassing stories about him on the internet uh, to try to make myself feel better. But Johnny would spill something and it was like Pavlovian and how it was conditioned to us. And we were all just waiting. And then when he spilled, it was like, okay, now we can move on because we were waiting for it to happen. It was inevitable like clockwork. And the reality is that we've experienced these types of things in life in a humorous sense, but in reality, trouble, circumstances, fearful times are just like this. They are inevitable trouble knows your name, trouble will come looking for you and find you even if you're not looking for trouble. With trouble, it's not if, it's when, right? You know, you think, well, man, we're, we're in the worst time. This is such a bad time. We have this pandemic and all of these things are going on. And yeah, it's a bad time, but you know what? It's going to get better. Did you know that? It's going to get better. You're going to be okay. Like it, it's going to get better. This too shall pass. We're in a down, but we're going to go up. But then guess what's going to happen? We're going to go up and guess what? We're going to go back down. It's like a roller coaster. We pay money for these things, but we don't like it when it happens in real life, do we? But trouble is inevitable. And so you can be one of these types of people who just ignores trouble, who sort of says, I'm not going to like process it. I'm going to hide. I'm going to just lock up in fear. Or you can be the kind of person that realizes in life, you're going to have trouble. Listen to the words of Jesus when he, he talks about this in John chapter 16, verse 33. This is Jesus' disciple, John. He was a, an intimate friend of Jesus. And he, he gives us some of the greatest insight into the words of Jesus. And uh, in John chapter 16, verse 33, John is quoting Jesus. Jesus says this, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. And this is where the sermon should end, right? Like Jesus says, you can have peace in me. Case closed, story over, no more sermon, but that's not what he does. He actually goes on 
He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. And I don't like that, Jesus. Jesus, that, that doesn't go with my theology. Jesus, when I put my trust in you, it's supposed to all go up and to the right. I only want to ride the roller coaster up. I don't want it to go down. I don't want to have these adventures in life. I don't want to have trouble. But Jesus says, hey, in this world, you will have trouble. But then he finishes with this third sentence, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus tells us inevitably, it's like Johnny spilling the milk. It's going to happen. Get ready. Don't be surprised because in this world, you will have trouble. You don't have to be looking for it. And a lot of us have had trouble in our lives because we went looking for trouble. But other times, like right now, nobody, nobody thought, you know, what I would really like to happen in March of 2020 and the spring of 2020 is we need, we need more trouble. You know, the world's just been going so swimmingly. Everything's been just moving along. And you know what we need is a global pandemic, right? I, maybe you're like one of those real conspiracy people with tinfoil hats and you think a group of people like sat down and planned this out. Maybe that, I don't know. Okay. But I don't think so. I think what happened is a virus got created or whatever and it spread and we're all surprised, and a lot of people are losing money. People are losing their lives. It's a serious situation. But nobody was like, oh, we need this, right? We, we weren't looking for this trouble, but this trouble found us. And Jesus predicted this when he said, in this world, you will have trouble. Why is there trouble in this world? And we had some people asking about this on Facebook this week. And, and I want to talk about it a little bit. Why is there trouble in this world? The reason there's trouble in this world, the reason there's death, the reason there's pain, the reason there's sickness, the reason there's loss is because we are living in a fallen, broken world that was not the original intention and creation of God. You see, when God created the heavens and the earth, as we read about in Genesis chapter one, and then he created Adam and Eve, he created mankind, and he said, you're gonna rule and reign. You're gonna, you're gonna tend and keep. You're gonna be my uh, rulers. You're gonna be my, my uh, uh, sovereigns that I've given some, some authority to, to maintain this realm, to maintain this planet, to look over this world. And they chose sin. They chose to rebel against God and they invited in the, the, the destroyer. They invited in evil. And in that moment, God's original intention was sort of corrupted and we're still living in the results of the fall. You know, you think about a fall. If you were to fall down the stairs, there's the initial impact and fall and hurt and pain, but then there's ramifications. When you get up off of the floor and realize your knee is, is messed up and your, your ankle is twisted and whatever, uh, those are the ramifications. We're living in the ramifications. We're observing a fallen world. This is why Jesus can say, in this world, you will have trouble, but that's not the end of the story. That's not where it, it lands. We weren't looking for trouble, but it finds us but Jesus, he bookends that statement about trouble with two really encouraging, amazing statements. You know, Jesus says, first, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And he's doing kind of like a Dr. Phil you know, like sandwich. Like you have something bad to say, say it in between two good things, right? Like, hey, Rick, you know, we've really appreciated you here at Acme Co. And man, you've done a great job. I mean, unfortunately you're laid off, but hey, we really think you're a great guy. You're like, uh, what happened here? You got sandwiched. That's what happened, fool. You got sandwiched, right? <laughs> we don't want that. But this is what Jesus does. He goes, guys, look, I'm going to give you peace in me. They're like, yes, peace. But you're going to have trouble. It's coming, inevitable, get ready. Oh, but I've overcome the world. And so Jesus puts this negative thing in the middle to help us process it. But I love these two encouraging statements that we're going to look into today. And this is where we're really going to dive in 
and I believe be encouraged and inspired. Number one, in him, we have peace. Number two, he's overcome the world. These are two things right here. These are like peanut butter and jelly. You put these together and you've got a winning combination. Come on, somebody. You put these two statements together, you've got a winning combination that in Christ we have peace. And then number two, in Christ, we have, over, we have overcome the world. In Christ, we are more than conquerors as the scriptures tell us. Not only can you have peace in Christ and not only will you, yes, face this inevitable trouble, but you will conquer in Christ. These are amazing things. We can hang our hats on them. And so we're gonna dive into these two statements today. Number one, in Christ, we have peace. What does this mean? What does peace mean? Well, for a lot of people, they think that peace means the absence of external conflict, that peace means the absence of trouble. But the problem is you can't get away from trouble. This message, if you're taking notes, is called Trouble Knows Your Name. Trouble knows your home address. Trouble knows your email address. Trouble's like the spammer that calls you and wants to sell you life insurance at 6.05 when you just sat down for dinner. Trouble knows where to find you and you can't get away from trouble no matter how much preparation you do. Whether you have the most money or the least, whether you have the best you know, physical health or not, trouble can find you, okay? And I'm not trying to freak you out. You're like, man, I thought I was gonna be encouraged at church today. Well, this is a regular Joy Church sermon. We go up, we go down, it's a roller coaster, but everybody gets off safely at the end, okay? Um, no laughs in the room for that one. That one was a, that was a dud. And maybe at home I had some more love. You can hit me in the Facebook comments and say, keep it up, Pastor Jake. But uh, this will be encouraging. Um, in Christ, we have peace. People think peace means that nothing bad ever happens. Peace means I don't have any external trouble. And we know that's not the case. You are gonna have trouble inevitably, so that's not what he's talking about when he talks about peace. Jesus is talking about a couple of things, and I want to give you two for this topic about peace. Number one, he's talking about peace with God. Peace with God. You know, we were separated, as I mentioned, because of sin. Not only was creation afflicted and infected and corrupted by sin, but we were, and we were separated, and we are separated in our sins from a perfect and holy God, right? We like to talk about God's love, how amazing God is, his grace, his love, but we need to also understand his holiness, that God is pure. There is no shadow of turning in him. He is perfect in all of his ways. And our sin has actually separated us. It broke and severed that relationship. And so we became enemies of God. And the scripture talks about this in so many passages, and I won't give them, to, give them all to you today. But there's so many things that talk about that we have basically become enemies. We're basically on the opposite side um, when, we cho- when we choose sin, when we, when we do our own thing apart from God, apart from his law. But through Christ, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus and the work that he did for us at the cross, where he paid the, the penalty, he paid the price. And, and the scripture tells us that he reconciled us with God. Now we get to have this amazing new relationship. In Romans 5, it says, rejoice in your wonderful new relationship with God because of Christ who has made us friends of God. There's something so incredible about a relationship that was broken or destroyed or in a, in a rough patch that gets restored. You know, many years ago, I had a, a wonderful friend. We grew up together. Uh, we were like, you know, hanging out all the time, really good friends, did a bunch of antics together. And we, when we became like 17, 18, 19, we got stupid for whatever reason. And we started to really not like each other and we were fighting. And so here was a, a, a person that I was, th- this person's friend, they were my friend. And now all of a sudden we're in this like enmity, this, this place. And I remember one night we're hanging out 
we ended up like going into my dad's office uh, after this event or whatever. And we had this long conversation. And basically he said, I've been, I'm being stupid and I'm sorry. And I said, you know what? I mean, honestly, I'm being more stupid. And we had like a bro hug and, you know, and then we're fine. And we've been really good friends ever since. And you know what? How awesome it is to have good friends and have good relationships I enjoy my relationships 100% more when they're healthy and happy and good rather than when they're broken and severed. And here's the thing. Why would you live one day with a broken, severed relationship with your heavenly father who loves you so, so much when Jesus has made a way for you to be right and have peace with God and be reconciled? It feels so good to be reconciled with God, just like we reconcile with our friends. Listen what the apostle Paul Paul was a guy that ended up writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit many of the New Testament letters. And he wrote a letter to the church in Rome. And we call that letter Romans. This is what Paul is writing to those Roman Christians 2,000 years ago. In Romans chapter 5, he says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, okay, it's trusting in Christ by putting our faith in him, says we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege, undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Here's this theme again. You're gonna run into them. They're gonna run into you. It's gonna happen. So get ready, okay? But don't, you don't need to be afraid for we know that they help us develop endurance. In other words, God gets something good out of our trials out of our troubles and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us. My friends, if you can get this today and walk away with this, you're going to be way ahead of the game. God dearly loves you regardless of what happens in your life. You know, happiness depends upon what happens, but joy is a different matter. Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what happens, If you know that you're safe and secure in the love of God, he dearly loves you. You can push through so many things because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. We've been made right with God. It's in the same passage that he talks about this wonderful new relationship. Jesus gives us peace with God. So remember what Jesus started in John 16 when he says, in me, you have peace, right? In in me, you may have peace. The first type of peace is that we have peace with God, okay? The second type of peace that we receive in Christ is peace in the midst of trouble. This is what what most people are thinking about when they think of peace, is they're thinking it means externally there's no problems, there's no issues or whatever. And that's not exactly what Jesus is talking about because again, he goes right on and says, no, you're gonna have trouble. So what does he mean? He means peace that is happening internally even when things externally are out of control, even when things externally are really messy and problematic. So Jesus uh, uh, gives us this kind of peace. It says in Philippians chapter four, and this is another letter that Paul wrote to a church in Philippi. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I mean, right there, what incredible advice, what incredible wisdom to, to not worry about anything, but pray about everything. He says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. This, in another translation, it says, peace, 
uh, that passes all understanding. But I like it here where it says, which exceeds anything we can understand. Right now, you have a lot of logical, rational, reasonable uh, reasons to be afraid. You have a lot of reasons to be anxious. Um, you know, we, we go to the different stores. I don't know why we go at three in the afternoon, but we're like, hey, do they have any toilet paper? No. <gasps> and then the anxiety, what will happen if we run out, right? And I've already been thinking of all the, the ways I can weave things out in nature and really practice my Rambo skills and nature skills to try to figure this out. But there's reasons, all joking aside, there's reasons to be anxious. There's reasons to be afraid. So when we're told about this kind of peace that comes, this is a peace that exceeds or goes beyond or is above, a step above what is reasonable. You can look at the circumstances externally and go, man, I have a reason to be afraid. And you're not wrong. But when you have Christ and when you're in Christ, he gives you peace that goes above. It's transcendent above even the circumstances so that on the inside, you're calm as a cucumber. On the inside, you have peace. On the inside, you know everything's gonna be all right. God dearly loves me. Even though the world is in chaos, even though there's turmoil, I am not in turmoil. I am not shaken. I am not, uh, because my confidence and my hope, my foundation is not in the things of this world. It's on the foundation of Christ. That peace that passes all understandings, that passes all understanding. And so it's not the absence of conflict or stress. Because again, Jesus said, you're gonna have trouble. What it is though, is a much broader concept. Biblical peace that we see in the pages of the scriptures is an active state of holistic wellness. It's this condition of rightness. I'm in a right relationship with God. My confidence and hope is in this relationship, not in any earthly relationship. And I'm, and I'm well, it is well with my soul uh, with other people. It is well with my soul even in the midst of crisis and trouble because I have peace in Christ. So that's number one, that in Christ we have peace. And then Jesus goes in that second statement, you're going to have trouble in this world, but then he bookends it. He finishes it off, right? And he says, but take heart, which I love those words. You know, a lot of people right now, all they need you to say to them is not, oh, you're going to, everything's going to be better. No, just say, take heart, take heart, have courage. You don't need to be afraid. You, you, you can be courageous. You can stand up. You can you can get your, your, your shoulders out. You know, you can stand up and take heart. Why? Why can we do that? And Jesus says, I have overcome the world. This is a boss move, super awesome. I have other words I wish I could say in a sermon, but I can't. This is a really legit statement that Jesus makes, right? This is Jesus walking away from an explosion and not looking back. This is like a, a totally awesome move. He says, I have overcome the world. You're going to have trouble. Yeah, things are going to happen, but you don't need to worry about that. You can take heart because I am victorious. I have overcome the world. What does this mean? It means this. It means victory is assured. Victory is certain. It means knowing before you ever step into the ring that you're going to leave that ring on top. You're going to leave that ring victorious. Jesus understood very well, even before he goes to the cross, even before he has to suffer and die, that he was going to be, there was going to be resurrection life. Like victory is certain in Christ. That's why he can say, I have overcome the world. You know, I remember when I was young, uh, the, the very highest accomplishments athletically that I ever attained to was I played rec league soccer in the Rogue Valley. Come on, somebody. We had the blue, you remember the blue jersey and the white? It was, it was like reversible. So one week you were blue, one week you were the white jerseys. If anybody remembers that, pretty slick. You had to go down to the Cascade Athletic or whatever and get your shin guards and 
your cleats and all that. And, you know, the rich kids always had like really sweet cleats and their, their shin guards actually protected their, their cleats. I had like, you know, uh, paper plates stuffed into socks, you know, for shin guards. No, not really. I'm just kidding. But uh, we, I played soccer, rec league soccer, and my dad, uh, he was, I think, sick of watching my team kind of lose all the time. And so he stepped up to the plate. My dad said, I'm going to coach your team. And so my dad ended up coaching my soccer team and then my brother's soccer teams for a few, you know, few years in a row. And so uh, I remember, though, my dad, his technique of coaching, his technique of, of, of soccer was really a lot more probably like um, Patton or MacArthur or Genghis Khan, uh, like Rommel. Like he was more of a general uh, and it wasn't super strategic. Um, or actually, it wasn't very tactical. It wasn't like he said, okay, this is how you kick. This is how you do it. More what he would do is just basically inspire the snot out of us so that we ran out there like little barbarians on the field, 100% believing that we would be victorious no matter what. And guess what happened? We were victorious no matter what. The sum total of my soccer knowledge is don't kick the ball in the middle, right? That's it. That's like all I can remember. Don't kick it in the middle uh, because otherwise they can kick it in the goal. And our team would step out on the field. And I think for two and a half or three seasons, we, we not only did not lose the game, we never even came close. And most of the games were so one-sided, it would be like 10, 12, 15 goals on our side to like zero or maybe one. Uh, a, a few games in a row, I think for a whole season, we, we only had one goal scored against us and it was scored by our own guy on an accident. So I'm talking about total domination uh, at, at the highest levels of, of athletics here, right? In rec league soccer as 12-year-old boy. But there was this mentality that when we stepped out on the field, we knew that we would win. And I want you to get this in your spirit because this is how you need to feel in Christ. Right now, maybe you feel like your, your paranoia and your thoughts and your fear is literally beating you up, taking your lunch money and slapping you down. And you're getting pushed around internally, no peace, no, you just, anxiety's all over you. You can't think straight. You can't get your, your head clear. And I want you to understand that in Christ, you can overcome the world. You can step out onto the field knowing my victory is certain. I don't have to be pushed around by these fearful thoughts. Like I, I have Christ, I'm in Christ, I'm more than a conqueror we could walk out on that field and play fearlessly because we knew we would win. When you know the outcome is certain, there's no fear. You know, one of the things that I, I kind of like uh, is when I find out that a movie or a show ends happy, right? I don't know if you're like this, but I love happy endings. I do not like sad endings. We, we watch love stories and these shows. And if I invest like eight or 10 weeks in watching these dramas, like I sure hope the guy gets the girl and the girl gets the guy and the right people end up together. And recently there was the show that Bethany and I were watching and they ended it on this horrible cliffhanger tragedy, broken romance. And I just about, I actually wanted to get a petition to refilm the show because I want that happy ending. So I like to find out when the ending is good. And so when I find that out, it makes me comfortable to go through all these things. And in life, it's like this when you understand that in the end, in Christ, you are a conqueror. You can play fearlessly. So Christ has overcome the world. It means that victory is assured. Victory is certain. And then the, this overcoming peace, it also talks about, uh, it reflects back to this when we have peace with God. Because remember, Jesus says, you have peace in me. Okay, there's going to be trouble, but I've overcome the world. But because of that peace, that also is why we overcome when you have peace with God, when your relationship with God is restored, when it's healthy, when it's whole, your eternity is secure. So then whatever happens in this world, you don't have to panic because your eternity is safe and secure in the hands of God. 
Number two, your identity is safe as a son or a daughter of the one true king. You know, when, when, again, when anxiety is coming to pillage your mind, when anxiety is coming to control you in fear, you need to remind that anxiety who you really are, right? And this is a boss move. It's like you, you sit down in the morning, you get your, the Bible open and you begin to pray. And when anxiety and fear begins to come at you, you say, hold on a second. You, you don't have the right to come and try to invade my space mentally, emotionally, spiritually, or, or otherwise, because you need to know who I am. I am a son or a daughter of the king. And I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And you can fight back and you can win that fight. Your identity is safe as a son or daughter of the king. And I know you're amening right now. I can't hear you, but I know you are because this is good stuff, right? And if you're not going to amen, I'll amen. Amen, right? This is good stuff because your identity is safe and secure as a child of God. Number three, when you have peace with God, you can overcome the world because you have destiny and purpose in God's kingdom. You know, right now, there's a lot of uncertainty. What's going to happen with my job? What's going to happen with the economy? What's going to happen with this virus? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Well, the reality is, uh, knowing that my future is secure in Christ, knowing that I'm a child of the one true king, um, I also have kingdom purpose. When you come to God, when you enter uh, into the family of God, you don't just get a place at the family table. You get a place in the family business. When you join God's kingdom, he says, hey, you are now an ambassador of my goodness. You are now part of the solution rather than just part of the problem. You were lost in your trespasses, dead in sins, disconnected. You were disoriented. You were moved like a kite in the wind by anxiety and fear and the things of this world. But now you're rooted in Christ. You have peace that passes all understanding. And now you have the ability to bring God's kingdom and share God's kingdom with the world around you. You can speak to other people and say, hey, take heart because in Christ, Uh, You're more than a conqueror. You can have peace with God. You have destiny and purpose in God's kingdom. A lot of people don't know what their life is about. So when the things of this world kind of get shaken, taken away, and there's uncertainty, they begin to like evaporate or kind of lose their identity, but not someone who is uh, sure and knows their place in the kingdom of God, knows that they've been given destiny and purpose in God. And then this piece of Christ overcoming the world, one last thought about it, is that when you uh, are in Christ and you understand that he's overcome the world, that you can even know that even death doesn't get the final word. That though you even were to die uh, from a virus or any other thing, that your eternity is secure and even death doesn't get the final word. One more passage of scripture that that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55. He said, and he's quoting here, he says, Oh, death... Where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. A Christian who understands this message, what I've given you today, a Christian who understands what it means to be secure in their faith and secure in their relationship with God, even death should not cause you to feel this type of fear. You know, in, in my moments uh, where I'm not, you know, thinking this way, I'll, I will feel afraid. I'll be like, oh, wh- what happens if I die? What happens if my family or what happens? That's normal. That's natural. Okay. But then I remind myself, wait a second. I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not thinking straight. I'm thinking naturally, but I belong to a supernatural God. I belong in a supernatural kingdom. 
and I begin to tell myself, hey self, you need to think a different way. Death, where is your sting? I have victory over sin and death as a follower of Jesus. And even if my life were taken, I believe in resurrection life. That is the hope of a Christian. That is what Jesus is talking about, that he's overcome the world. Now, let me wrap this all up in a big shiny bow and we're gonna go home today. Give you some responses. But remember, this world is broken. Jesus says, you're gonna have trouble. Trouble knows your name, it's inevitable. It's like spilling the drink, it's gonna happen. So how do you process that? Do you run away? Do you hide? Do you fight it? Do you try to ignore it? Or you could realize that there's peace in Jesus. And number two, he overcomes the world. That even if you die in Christ, you don't lose. There's victory that is ahead. Now, I hope that this stirs you up and you get a little bit excited. I hope that today, when you are off of this live stream, that you actually lift up your head a little bit with some encouragement and realize you're, you're like my soccer team where you step out on the field already anticipating victory over fear, over anxiety, already anticipating victory in life, that even if things don't go the way that you want, your peace is secure internally in Christ. Once more, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. Your portion is peace. Your promise is peace in Christ. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. This is the realism. This is understanding that there is trouble in this world because it's a broken world. Until Christ comes back and makes all things new, this world will have trouble. And it's gonna get better and it's gonna get worse. It's gonna get better. It's gonna get worse. But take heart. That's not the end of the story, the trouble. We take heart because Jesus said, I have overcome the world. Amen. This morning, I wanna invite you to respond. And there's two groups of people that I wanna invite to respond. The first group of people is anyone that's watching this live stream, uh, maybe um, right now watching it live or you're watching a replay and you right now do not have peace with God. You right now, when you, you think about your life, you, you realize I am not a follower of Jesus. I am not a Christian. Maybe you had some faith. Maybe you went to church as a kid. I don't know what your story is, but you know right now that when you kind of go into your heart of hearts and you really think about it, that you don't have a relationship with God and you're not a follower of Jesus. Here's the response I wanna ask you to make. I wanna ask you today to put your faith in Christ. I wanna ask you today to begin to follow Jesus. This is what I love about Jesus is when he was on this planet 2000 years ago, these are the words that he would give people, follow me, follow me. It's not about you know, where you've been, it's about where you're going. It's not about what you've done, it's about what you're going to do. He would call people, whatever circumstance, whatever age, whatever life place, wherever they, wherever they were, whatever they'd done, he'd say, follow me. And that's the same exact call that Jesus is giving you today. Even right now through what I'm saying to you, Jesus is speaking saying, follow me. You can put your faith and trust in me. You can have peace. You can overcome the world. And so that is the invitation today. Now, if you'd like to make that decision, I just would ask you to pray this prayer today. Dear Jesus, I pray that you would save me from my sins. I confess my sin to you. And I recognize that I've fallen short of your standard. But today I put my faith and trust in you and in you alone. I give you my heart. I give you my life. And I ask for your life to be given to me. I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Please give me the grace to follow you every day of my life. I put my trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Hey, if you made that decision today, if you prayed that prayer, you can go right in the description of this live stream. Uh, there's a, a, a link that says, I have decided. And we want to ask you to fill out that card. Um, click on that, fill out that information so that we can help you take the next step as a follower of Jesus. And we're going to do that online. You know, we're not going to 
say, hey, come to this place or whatever. No, we're gonna follow up with you, but no matter what, wherever you are, we wanna help you take those next steps on your journey with Christ, okay? So go ahead and fill out that card. Please do that. We wanna help you take those next steps. For everybody else, here's how we can respond. This week, we're gonna lock ourselves into this word, into this message and say, you know what? There is trouble, but in Christ I have peace and he has overcome the world. Let me pray with you. Father, I thank you so much for everybody that is watching this live stream today, that we're all participating together. Lord, I thank you for those that are gonna watch on replay. I pray, Lord, that this word would be deeply imprinted in our heart, that it wouldn't just be uh, words or a sermon or just another internet video that goes in one ear and out the other. But Lord, we would say, no, I'm, I'm listening to you, Lord. You're speaking to me even through this medium. You're speaking to me. Lord, I pray that we would be transformed, that we would respond in faith, that we would know that we can have peace in you, Jesus, peace that passes all understanding, be made right with God, and that even though there will be trouble, that, Lord, we don't have to be afraid because you have overcome the world and we have victory that is certain in you, even victory over death. So, Lord, we respond to that message in faith. You are so, so good. We love you, Lord. Help us to be your lights, your ambassadors into a dark and fearful world. Help us to bring a little bit of heaven to earth wherever we go, whatever we say, whoever we interact with, whether in person or online. Lord, we love you. We give you this time today in Jesus' name. So one last thing, if you want to get connected with Joy Church, if this is maybe your first time checking out church online, maybe you're new to the church, you came a couple weeks ago, we were meeting, wherever you are, you can also fill out a card. It's this card that's called Welcome Home. And it's a, a way that we can connect with you and help you find out about Joy Church, how to get connected, how to get into the tribe and get connected with people. So I want to encourage you to do that. For everybody else, God bless you. We love you. We'll see you guys next Sunday and throughout the week. God bless.